Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. The show about the reality darky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the 90% certain Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by a bait, windblown, and frazzled Jacqueline Berthaud in Sanguen. This week's Dumpty Dum is from R. Marie Bray, and it's a kind of a Phil Collins. She did promise us last week, and she did promise she's going to give us a little bit of Phil Collins with a, I think, a rather creative interpretation of the old 
Barwick Greens as well. Thank you for that, Marie. And on this episode, we're lucky to hear from Brian Holden. He's back. Ambridge Pony Club. She's back. Sarah Spilsbury. Oh, I saw her this week. And the lovely, wonderful Panto Martin. Plus, we'll have Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin. And you, because you'll be able to crowdsource them. And we have a social media random from our Sandra Jenkinson. And don't forget, we have, as well as that kind of Facebook roundup, we're going to welcome our new members from our Facebook group. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, Queen of Tart. Hello, lovely people. Sue, Queen of Tart here on the Twitters and another week in Ambridge. I have to confess, I've been doing exams this week, so I've listened to lots of these episodes in completely the wrong order. It was all dependent on where I was and when and if I was in the car or not. I'm not entirely certain this has helped my growing sense of confusion, but it could also be that The Archers just doesn't make sense this week, to be honest. My overall impression is it was a bit of an all-creatures great and small week with all that continuing vet references. It's almost like we were listening to something about country folk and farming. Looking back, however, there was such a lot more. Who can forget Psychic Sunday with Susan claiming to be in communication with the unborn twins? It all felt a bit midwitch cuckoos to me. It was just weird. <laughs> it was lovely to hear the Borchester show details and Jacob taking a thorn out of Ed's lamb's foot. Are you allowed to use the Swiss Army knife attachment for stones in horses' hooves to do this? Or is there a special vet Swiss Army knife? David and Ruth were just a little bit smug over their new solar panels, didn't you think? And then Tasha decided she was going to find out what sex the babies are. Tom doesn't want to know for reasonable reasons. Well, that'll last five minutes then. Natasha's been titivating April Cottage, but with no heavy lifting. She got Tony and Johnny doing that. So Johnny is still alive then. I don't think we've heard from him in months. Neil seems to be doing his best not to shout at Brian again. No more Mr. Shouty, thank you, Neil. Anyway, the pig unit is staying open with economies, but without Brian, and there's no extra hours in the budget for Jazza. Sounded for a little while like Justin was going to step into Burrow, but it's all right. We're getting Martin Gibson instead. Won't that be fun? Sounds like Steph has stayed for more than the planned few days with Beth and is being whiny and demanding. Hmm, quelle surprise, and especially over her suddenly single party. She wants a piñata with Liam's face on it. I can share that I'd very much like a piñata with her face on it. I think Ben and Beth do too. Sounds like their sex life is a subject of much conjecture with the other nursing students. At least it wasn't Ben's former geography students. Tom cracks. Of course he did. And we learn that Natasha and he are having one of each. That's lovely, isn't it? And then we learn more about Hannah and her mother and her dementia. And Susan is lovely again, making Hannah up a Red Cross parcel to take with her. Everyone acknowledges that Susan is a good woman. She just hides it well sometimes. On Friday, <laughs> we learned that Denise is through to the final round of Vet Nurse of the Year. And Yakov wrote a character assassination which would immediately have bored the judging panel to death. Alistair is an all-round good egg and saves the day with some lovely words about her. Let's see if they can reverse all that goodness next week. Till then. Let's hope they don't. Wasn't that a lovely end to the week? We've seen this one coming, haven't we? Everybody else has, yeah. (laughs) Did you not see it coming? 
Well, I'm not very good at those kind of things. I think I'm a bit, I, I think I probably focus a bit like Jacob. I think I don't see things around the corner, the feelings things, because I, everybody seems to think automatically a couple of nice uh, people are nice to each other mm. and you've got them paired off and so i kind of dismiss it all <laughs> that is fair that as soon as any couple regardless of sex gender whatever display Indeed. any level of kindness to each other people are like haha mm. however yeah, exactly. however this one's all been queued up so perfectly. Well, in fact, it, 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 indeed. And it, it was when, was it Stella mistook Denise for her, Alex's, Alistair's wife? Yeah. That was when we knew that it was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, there we go. I don't know. I think, <laughs> Sweet. I think it was the, ooh, nice braids. Mm. Oh, did you notice? Mm. You know, I was like, okay. All yeah. right. I know this Very one's sweet. going. Know where this is going. And it's about time that Alistair found somebody. It is. It's been a long time, really. Mm. It was a long time going downhill, that marriage, and a long time since it all ended. So, yeah, it's about time. Do you think that marriage was always on a downward trajectory from the day they got married? No, I don't think so. But personally, I remember, you know, the whole saga of Mark dying. And I remember exactly where I was when I heard that episode. But then when she got together with Alistair, Shula seemed to be a kind of brighter, nicer person for a short time. And he was fantastic about adopting Daniel. And Mm. so that was lovely. And so I thought, but I think it started to go badly when she became all huffy about the vicar marrying Usha. Mm-hmm. Didn't, but then maybe that was just her. Maybe I just didn't take to her then. But also, with his gambling problem, she seemed to accept it, but yeah. you had to paper over the cracks. Mm. Yeah. It put a distance between them, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. Understandably, addictions uh, are like that. Yeah, they're not easy things to deal with. They're not easy things to deal no. with. But I tell you what, we should do. Maybe we should revisit addiction and other bits and pieces after. Or in between, we hear from our wonderful caller in Riz. Jolly good. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, we have a returning caller in and it's Brian. I believe he's Mr. Buggy Squires. Hello, it's Brian. It was since I phoned in. This week was, yeah. Quite interesting, I suppose. I had to say this, but I'm actually warming up to Sausage Boy a bit. He was actually talking like an adult for once and, you know, saying sensible things and behaving responsibly. I might have to go and lie down. But, yeah, at least we were spared the long trying to keep Tom finding out what the sex of the babies are story, which I thought we were going to be lumbered with. So please, they've sorted that one out. In contrast, you've got... Justin, who seems to be losing it as a businessman recently. So he's got outmaneuvered by Martin Gibson all over the ruddy pig unit. Why would he care? I know he's his money, but would he really want to be the one that wants to micromanage a pig unit? Oh, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm really worried that Tom actually seems reasonable now. He's in the tash is a good influence on him, evidently. And so... More hordes from Bridge Farm. I get real Midwich Cuckoos vibes whenever they're um, the children of Bridge Farm are mentioned. But there we go. That's just me. Well, have fun. Have a good week. Nice to talk to you. Bye for now. Bye-bye, Brian. What do you reckon? Was Tom being all palatable? Mm, Not really. (laughs) Not for me. (laughs) What, what, What did Tom say that was 
beyond the pale. I, I think you've got it's it such in a place that, uh, Yeah, you're right. You must have listened to a call or two from me in the past. Yeah, I don't... I just think he's... He doesn't sound genuine. He doesn't sound... He sounds disingenuous about almost everything, even caring for oh. Natasha. OMG. Yes, no, yes. no. Like, he... <laughs> I felt... Did I feel sympathy for him? When you had your three girls. Yeah. Did did you want to know the sex before they were born? Well, actually, <laughs> I had two of them, the first two, before mm-hmm. that was really a possibility. So that didn't come into it. The third oh, was so a basically boy. you did do the pillow test then before to determine what <laughs> the sex was. <laughs> no, didn't do anything. No, to me, to me, labour is labour. There's nothing much happy about that day apart from when the baby's actually there. So why not have that surprise then? <laughs> but as it happened, I learned the sex of Emily by accident because I was very old when I had Emily, 43. And she was, so I had to have amniocentesis. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to the lab here in France. You go, you have your test done and then everything's sent off and you go to the lab and pay to pick up your results. Picked up the results, opened the envelope, and just it said da 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 chromosome X. Oh, I'm having a girl then. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know what that story was there to tell us. I don't know if it was just an interesting, quirky little detail. The fact that Tom didn't want to know, Natasha did want to know, and that's the the woman who did the test. I don't know if she's the midwife, I, I, the nurse who did the test. Sorry, you know, she said I've never had this before, where one half the couple wants to know, the, the other one doesn't. So I don't know if that's supposed to show us that Natasha is slightly more domineering or whatever, or that I, I I just don't know. But I thought it was an interesting, tiny little nugget. Yeah, I agree. And it is a tiny little insight into their relationship. Mm. And the fact that I think they might be called stenographer, but I've probably got that word wrong. The person who does the... No, you're right. It was a stenographer. You're right. And But the fact that it gave us that insight into their relationship. And I do think that Natasha is the bossy one. Mm. I mean, he's she's been like that right from the start of their relationship. She was her that kind of seems to wear the trousers, as as my grandfather would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think Tom is on a very slow path to rehabilitation for us, the listeners. You know, we remember, us listeners are a little bit long in the tooth, remember the late noughts and him and his sausage empire and his shenanigans oh, then and him and messing around Brenda and he had the affair with the woman at at, at the supermarket there, etc. And then him messing around Kirsty so much. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's why we don't like him because he messed Brenda around and he messed Kirsty around. I mean, thank goodness Natasha's got a bit of gumph about her because at least mm. she can control him. And I agree with Brian. I think he's maturing. He is, he is. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> So so sadly, he's becoming more palatable. And because he's becoming more palatable, you don't like him. No, that's not that's not really what I'm saying. I still don't like him. I don't trust him. But I think Natasha's got him in his place. I think she'll wear she'll get bored with him in the end anyway. So Really? There we go. Yeah, I think it's a marriage. I think that's what this whole thing about I know that he's had the sad loss of Fern and there were obviously that was obviously the reason Fern. Yeah, it was fair. The reason that he didn't want to know the sex, it's all about jinxing things. Mm. But I think it was a brilliant little, it's not a cameo and it's the two of them, but it was a great insight into their relationship and 
the fact that there are differences, yeah, big differences yeah. between their attitudes. But aren't the differences there to show us that they're complementary? Maybe, yeah. They could well be that they are complementary, but ah, complementary to Tom? Nah. You know what I don't get a sense of is that they're in love. In the in the same way, bearing in mind they're still relatively recently married, it to me it feels slightly workmanlike their relation relationship. I say slightly. Yeah, I would have I would have said that transactional. It seems yeah. transactional yeah. their relationship. And whereas actually Natasha talking to Tony, it's real affection. Mm. Yeah, and you don't get that impression with Tom and Natasha. But then again, they both run businesses. They're running around all the time, busy, busy, busy. I know she's on maternity leave at the moment, mm. but yeah, they they seem to be ships that pass in the night, and it's all very transactional. Yeah. Spot, so maybe on. with the babies, mm. well, when the babies are born, we'll see another side of their relationship. Because, of course, we only see what the script writers let us see, don't we? <laughs> that is true. And, you know, and, and I put this in contrast to the writing. Maybe it's a combination of the writing and the acting with Ben and Beth. I really believe that they are in their very early 20s. And figuring things out, you know, with Beth and her sister, Ben, Steph, Beth, sorry, and Ben within Brookfield and the the lack of privacy. Privacy, yeah. yeah. I feel that, right? I get a, yeah. I'm like, oof, you know, I, I, I'm in there. But with Tom and Natasha, eh. Hmm. I agree with you. That's that's exactly how I feel. I've just had two 20-year-olds here for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Watching their relationship and their their transactions between each other, and you know the little niggly bits and the little fun bits and the lovey bits, it's very amusing because because they both live away and they live together away at uni mm. since Christmas, and so it's been quite interesting and it made me think a lot of Beth and Ben, but all these names, Steph, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's go on to to Panto Martin. Let's see what he's got to say up there in Sheffield. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Panto Martin here again from Sheffield. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. I have to say my favourite bit this week was hearing Justin get sidelined by the BL board. I'm not sure that Martin Gibson is the right person for the job, but hearing the disappointment in Justin's voice was priceless. An odious man. Then, in typical fashion, we hear Martin making lots of improvement suggestions, none of which were usable. And so he flounced off by giving them a deadline to come up with their own. Clearly, I love a good flounce, especially being called Martin. I wonder if Neil may decide to retire, as the pressure of making cuts all the time could put him off the job. On the other side of the coin, we have Sausage Boy, who is back to his usual level of whining. I suppose someone had to replace Alice this week. Natasha is the leader in that relationship, and for the big, important personal stuff, always seems to come up trumps and have a lot of understanding, despite seeming shallow at times. I guess she needs it, being married to Tom. I suspect that the end of the pregnancy will not be easy, and the babies will come early to create more drama for us all, so we can have Tom at peak anxiety levels. What a joy we have coming. And speaking of joy, where is she? I really miss her. 
Has Lee buried her under a patio because she suggested Henry was a bad cook? Who knows? <laughs> Keep listening and dum-de-dumming everyone and have a week that it is as fabulous as you are. Bye for now. Thank you, Panto Martin. Brian did mention this, but why would, and of course then Panto Martin reminded us, why would Justin be bothered about fundamentally looking after the, the pig farm? It, 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 it made no sense. On the one hand, we get this real picture painted that these are fantastic businessmen cutting a swathe through the county, but then they want to micromanage a tiny little aspect of Barrow. Makes no sense. No, I agree with you entirely. I agree with you. Should I say it five times very yeah. loud? You know what? I agree we, with you, Roy Field. We're not going to have much of a podcast if you keep saying that, you know. I need you but I don't, to I be I don't wrong. agree with you very often. <laughs> I need you to be wrong, <laughs> but be vocal about well, you it. Could do the, you could do the wrong bits <laughs> and I'll do, the, I'll do the nice bit for once. I know what's coming later on in the script. <laughs> what else What else did, did old Panto Martin mention? Uh, he talked about Sausage Boy, of course, mm-hmm. as well. But in fact, the whole thing with Martin Gibson, who has been a peripheral character, hasn't he? And we yeah, always forever. know that forever. Yeah, he's always been around. He's been, was mentioned a lot. And then he started having a speaking part uh, yonks ago, but not very often. But this whole thing with him and Justin wanting to bounce in, I think it's all about, this, that part of the story is all about Neil and, mm. J- and Jazza. Well, obviously, Jazza's under threat for his job. And Neil is, Neil, Neil must be approaching retirement age. You'd have thought so. so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He, here's the thing. What was really great this week was Neil and Hannah, their relationship. And, Fantastic. And seeing how that's developed. Now, the last time I was listening to this back last year, Hannah hated Neil and was trying to get his job in effect, right? So has this been something which, you know, there's been a slow thawing of, of the ice, so to speak, between them? Yeah, I think so. I think they've accepted because they actually end up doing two different jobs, outdoor pigs, indoor pigs, mm. managing this, managing that. The job at first, I think everybody thought that H- Hannah thought she was coming in to take over everything. Yeah. Neil thought she was coming in to push him sideways, whereas in fact they reached a happy compromise. And because I think because Neil is such a lovely man, you couldn't end up being furious with him or competitive with him that long when you're doing your own job. So, but the fact that this, I think this is one of the first times that we've had Susan come in on that relationship with Hannah. And I just thought she was just so lovely. She was, was really kind as purple, not purple pumpkin. Damn. Panto Martin. <sighs> Panto Martin. Did he say no? No, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. Anyway. Who mentioned them earlier on? Anyway, yeah. Because oh, Susan Brian. is somebody you can love. Brian, of course it was. Sorry, Brian. Susan is somebody you love to hate at times because she's so insensitive at times, but she's so sensitive at other times. So she's a real normal person, really. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, we're supposed to go, oh, sometimes when, when Susan speaks, but there is always heart there, isn't there? There's, there's always heart. And as you said, actually real person kind of slight kind of like warts and all but i was really touched it's not the first time the archers has dealt with dementia it's not obviously jack woolly had dementia and 
and that story hit home in so many different ways, not only for us, the listeners, if you've ever had a family member who suffered from dementia, but also with the actors, because the actor, Jack, who played Jack, it was obvious, actors have told me, towards the end of his tenure, that he was having problems with his memory. So then when he then retires from the archers, that storyline is then written in. And then June Spencer, who plays Peggy, her husband in real life, had dementia. So it's it's really great that dementia is being dealt with because we do have, this is a docudrama with characters who are ageing. And so in that way, it's incredibly true to life. I know one of the things which many people say about the elderly cast is that they're all fit, healthy and hale, really. And that would be and that is just could not be the case. But the, the one ailment about aging, which is a recurrent thing. And this, I can actually say we can actually say now is dementia. And and I kind of applaud the, the script writers for, for putting that in because it is very much true to life. And, and it was great to see that the relationship between Hannah and Neil is one such that they understood that she had to leave the, you know, the meal and Neil will cover for her, you know, not know what the new management regime is going to be like and, and, and whatever. And he says, oh, she's got time in and Lou and whatever. And on a, on a personal level, because there's a family member who, who I love dearly, who's, suffering from dementia and suffering from it at, as my auntie Maeve said, at Formula One speeds. You know, he's gone from, last time I saw him was January and we were talking about Cary Grant, I adore Cary Grant and so does he, and we were watching North by Northwest, through to I saw him last week, he can't walk. Yeah. in Terrible. In that period of time, he's become totally immobile. He can't move his body and... You know, we're always waiting for him to pass. And that is five months. You know, this is a terrible, terrible illness. Terrible, terrible it illness. It is awful. And the speed of it sometimes. Mm. In fact, as you know, I live in Ambridge in France. And today was our second voting for the legislatives. Mm-hmm. And we have an aging population. There are pe- most people, <laughs> most of the electorate are over 60. And it's surprising how many people at the age of 89, 90, are hale and hearty, 95. Two ladies who are the eldest ladies in the village are both aged 96 or 97, nearly 97. And they both came and voted. One of them drove. I mean, she only lives across the other side of the village, but she couldn't walk it, so she drove. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how many of them are hale and hearty, but equally there are younger people who are in their 60s and 70s who are suffering from various kinds of dementia and early onset dementia yeah. so it's it's a it's a real real subject it touches most people yeah. from our age onwards or my age onwards absolutely absolutely well, well done script writers and uh, yeah. yeah and just make so we can all of us feel a little bit of reality in in our favorite docudrama um, but it, it's that point where I'm supposed to say, as according to the script, it says two calls then. And it says the best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. And also you can find a link in the show notes or you can go to dumptydum.com and click the little speak pipe button. If that's all a little bit too much for you and uh, it's too much tech, what you can do is go on to WhatsApp 
and send a voice note to plus four four zero seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And also, if you want to just send us a quick message instead of even writing an email, that's also what you can do. But Jacqueline, at what time should they get their calls to us by? Well, we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, there are a few ways in which you can help us. Some might even say there's three things you can do. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Now, if you wouldn't be so kind, you can give us a five-star review. That'd be hugely appreciated. And we do have a couple of reviews to read out later on in the show. Now, finally, the third thing, what you could do is consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators like us, and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you want to go big and maybe give us $5 per show, you get a mug or a T-shirt. But there are other tiers you can give us a dollar a show. You'll be alerted if you do that with what the rewards will be. But one of the best and the biggest rewards is that you'll have the wonderful warm feeling in your tum-tum that you're helping to support us here at dumdydum.com. And then coming soon, we will have the Zoom interviews back. They will return. So if you are a Patreon member, you will get the link for that, you'll have an exclusive ringside seat of us speaking to the actors from The Archers, something we used to do a couple of years ago. We're going to bring it back. The first one we're going to do, which will happen in a, in a couple of weeks, we'll throw it open to everybody. So what you can do there, if you're not a Patreon member, is have a feel for what those are like. In effect, it's a live dum dum with an actor of The Archers. And you can see them in the flesh, so to speak, and then you can decide whether you want to become a Patreon. But if you support us on Patreon, or on PayPal, so let's forget there's about 10 people that support us on PayPal, you will be given a link for that. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But now back with our calls and it's Sarah Spilsbury. 
Hi, it's Sarah from Smethwick here. This week, my concerns lay in regards to the proposed savings at Barrow. Both personnel from the unit made it very clear that certain things were ring-fenced in terms of maintaining standards. But the only way I can see them making the required savings is to stint on one or more of these. Neil would place in a corner and in a quandary between deciding to skimp and save, no doubt leading to a problem down the line when something awful occurs as a consequence, or trying to save Hannah and Jazz's jobs. Neil is the moral compass of Ambridge. Please don't make him do anything reprehensible. And Brian's jacked everything in and he's going to Hungary, is he? With a heart complaint, is this realistic? Although, if they do make it to Hungary, does this mean we get to hear Debbie? Please, give us some Debbie. Debbie, Debbie. And on that hopeful note, I'll wish you Tarara bits. Thank you for that. You know, I'm surprised the caller in beforehand haven't made more of a thing about Brian basically saying, I am going to retire now. You know, Brian is supposed to have semi-retired years ago, didn't he? And that was half the argy-bargy between him and Adam was the fact that he was supposed to be, you know, retired and taken a, a step back and he, and he didn't quite. But this angina thing has made him reevaluate things. Oh, maybe his wife's made him reevaluate things. I think the near-death experience has made him reevaluate things. <laughs> I, 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 really do. I don't know. It doesn't work. He doesn't always work because I know somebody who's had a, who had a heart attack three years ago and still goes into the office every day, despite what his wife says to him. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah, Debbie, Debbie, we, yeah, we, indeed, <laughs> she comes back once every three years, doesn't she? And we, all of us fans, get all incredibly excited. Yeah, yeah, but she's such a busy woman, such a fantastic actress. Brilliant. Absolutely. We want her back as Debbie. <laughs> it, it is amazing that considering she very obviously doesn't need to do this, that she does come back often. Well, say often, it's about once every three years, isn't it? You know, and puts in an appearance. Yeah, but it's also surprising to me that she hasn't been replaced because she's quite a key figure in the home farm setup with the partnership and everything. And so, you know, any other key figure that is no longer available is replaced and we then get used to the new new voice, don't we? But yeah, she hasn't hasn't been replaced and she does, as you say. Tamsin? Tamsin Greek. Greek. Tamsin Greek, yeah. Yeah, she does keep coming back as a voice every so often. I don't think we'll hear them in Hungary, though, Sarah. <laughs> no, you know what? We've never, considering what a, I was going to say pivotal, it's never pivotal, but Hungary is referenced so often, we've never heard. There's never been a scene in Hungary, has there? Not that I can think of anyway. I know, I don't know. But we need someone like the recently renamed Leo Horsemeister to tell us because he knows everything. It's amazing, mm. these little facts. Well, there you go. Please help us out. Has there ever been a scene in The Archers set in in Hungary? I don't think so. Like, we've been to France. We've definitely done that in, in the late 90s. Meruel, there you go. I remember the name. Where Good Clary gracious. went when when Ambridge was twinned with that little French village, and it was Meruel and and Clary went there. But we've never been to Hungary. Anyway, thank you for that, Sarah, Sarah Spilsbury, and it was lovely to see you 
in the Cuban embassy this week in, in Mosley with uh, Claire from Clapham. Ooh. We had a couple of quick Ooh, jars. How we exciting. Did. Mm-hmm. Gosh, mm-hmm. that is exciting. Cuban embassy. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's just a bar. It's just a bar. <laughs> but it's, it's a great name for a bar. You know, they do lots it of is. rum. They do lots of rum. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Last caller in uh, on, on this week's episode is our Ambridge Pony Club. Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Jen here, Ambridge Pony Club, calling in about the Tom storyline. As you all know, this is a storyline that has affected our family personally in a similar way. And I'm just really feeling for Tom. Yes, Tom is being a complete and utter dick at the moment. It is very unfortunate that they landed this storyline on quite such an unsympathetic character. But that being said, Tom being a dick, of course he's being a dick. That's what happens when you are terrified and traumatised and just trying to get through each day as best you can. And I feel so sorry for him. His family, I mean, Natasha is being very sympathetic in fairness. She's being as good as she can. And actually, she's the last one that should be having to do the hard yards and support him. His mum and dad should be rowing in there to help and not just saying, oh, come on, son, it's all going to be fine. Get over it. Get over it. Which is seems to be Tony's only strategy. But talking to the poor lad, acknowledging his fear, they had a very late, things went wrong very late with Ren. Tom is not going to be able to relax. But if he doesn't get some professional help around this, he's messing up Natasha's pregnancy. She's not able to be as joyful and as excited as she should be. She should be able to share the sex of the babies with Tom. She should be able to be talking names with Tom. She shouldn't be having to talk him down from the ledge every time they have a scan. I just wish they'd get him down to Lizzie's emergency therapist so the poor bloke doesn't end up that you know, having problems bonding with the babies, being terrified for their entire first year that something's going to go wrong with them. Because if he doesn't get some help soon, he's really going to mess up. And after what he's been through, he deserves to enjoy those children. So fair play to the archers. I think they're doing a great job. I think they're doing it very realistically. And let's hope someone takes Tom's pretty serious anxiety and PTSD uh, seriously soon and gets him some help. Mm. Brilliant call. Brilliant yeah. call. So many people are touched by by this story. I know P and Q talked about it a while ago. Very, very I mean, Jen is very sensible. It's a much more balanced view of, of Tom than I have because she sees recognizes him as a dick as well. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but but she can also see that he needs help, which is I, I'm seeing just the <laughs> the, the twit. Um, and uh, not thinking about how to help him out. But but he's a product of his parents, isn't he? What, what I would say, and I'm, I'm no Tom fan, but you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm a dad of a certain vintage now, but I do remember being an expectant father. And pregnancy is a weird experience, full stop, whether you're the mother or the father. And but if you are the mother, you you have this physical sense of something within you, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. And I think for us expectant fathers, it's incredibly abstract. Yes, you go through the feelings and the emotions and the excitement and the worry, but you feel like you can't do anything at all, right? And and it can be. 
as well as being an exciting experience, it can actually be quite lonely, right? Because this thing is happening to your partner. This life is growing within your partner. So I would just slightly caution everybody, don't be too hard on Tom. Because, you know, if you speak to a lot of expectant fathers, they will tell you just like, they feel like a spare part. They they do worry, but and and they can't do right for doing wrong in many circumstances because they're half a step away f- from the whole experience, you know. So I just throw that in. Yeah. Oh well. I suppose one of the things that we're that's irritating about Tom and the way he is, because mm-hmm. he's got all these fears, is that he's he should be there for Natasha, supporting her, positive, make it, helping her enjoy the pregnancy, not putting those emotional pressures on pressures on. I think that's what we're hoping for. But because he is an emotionally discharged person, he isn't able to. Mm. So, but yeah, you should, uh, I think a man should be helping the woman to enjoy her pregnancy as much as they can. Uh, And so. uh, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. But there is, it, it, it is definitely through the whole pregnancy experience, you are one step removed from, we don't have the morning sickness. You don't have, the, the child isn't grown with, within us. Anyway, women come first. Do not think that I'm not saying that the mothers no. come first. But it is a very pregnancy is a very normal and natural thing. But it doesn't happen to women all day every day, right? So in and of itself, it's an occasional thing that happens. And to be an expectant father is an occasional thing. And you are taken away from the swirl of hormones and the and the nauseousness and the and the whatever that a, a mother feels and it can be at times a learning experience mothers come first don't think that i'm not saying that though no 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 i and i understand what you're saying and in fact i've just remembered a conversation i had last summer because we have a same-sex couple that live in our village and one of them mm-hmm. she became pregnant and her partner felt very lonely in the whole thing because she wasn't the one Everything that you said then about being the the other one removed, it, it works as well for same-sex couples because mm. Nicole was very, very removed from everything she felt because she wasn't the one carrying the baby. As it happens, they're expecting a second baby and Nicole's carrying the baby this ah. time. So it's a shared experience. Absolutely. That is one way of, uh, of sharing it. But only uh, only a few people can do that. Yeah. True that. True that. We, we we kind of talked about Steph, didn't we? We talked about Steph very briefly, at least the, the yeah. impact that Steph is having with Beth and and Ben. We didn't mm. talk about the fact that Ed made, made an appearance this week. And Sunday's episode was a real Sunday episode, wasn't it? You know, with, with Dan, was. the, Dan at the Borsage to show. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And Jakob comes along and extracts the thorn from the lamb. I love Jazza and Ed together. I think they're, they're a great double act, and and maybe maybe that was thrown in for us to to basically almost like wave goodbye to that friendship, which has been as I think it was Cosmo. No, it wasn't Cosmo. It was Stephen, wasn't it? Last week that reminded us that Jazza came in being a bit of a troublemaker and a ne'er do well. Back in the early yeah. 2000 and was, was Ed's pal. 
moving in with Tracy, they you know they can't be so close anymore. So if that was put there for that, I say well done, scriptwriters. But also, there's the whole story of and his obvious financial worries mm-hmm. and his fear about losing his job. But him and Ed had the sheep shearing business; they qualified to do it. It is with Ed, isn't it, it? It is. And I did think, I don't remember them dissolving it, but... Sorry, it's just about not having time to do it, wasn't it, with other jobs going on? That was it. You know what, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. And then Ed made a point of saying he got somebody else to help him, thinking that Jazza was too busy, not knowing that yeah. if anything, Jazz, you know, Jazza has much more time on his hands. But I, yeah. but I did like them being together. What else was it this week? Well, the Steph and the Piñata, but that was a little rubbish. <laughs> Good gracious. I felt like David on that one. Not often you'll hear me say I felt like David on that one, but, oh gosh, a Piñata with, with whatever his name's, her ex, about to be ex-husband's face on it. No, no, thank you. I, I really don't understand any of that. Like, it, it, she really is from Made in Chelsea, isn't she? You know, it's that Well, I don't know what Made in Chelsea is. Or Made in Essex. (laughs) Or it's just, it's some dreadful reality show type life that that she's living. And I can't quite kind of get my head around it, to be honest with you. Well, I can't equate to it. I don't understand it. So I can, but in a way, I quite like the overtopness of the, the character because it's different. So, but I just, just... I just don't understand it. <laughs> Me either. Me either. Neither. Right. Now, so that's the end of, of the caller in us, but there are other ways of which you can contact us. You can send us an email even. If you'd rather send an email, visit the tdum.com website and click the contact us tab at the top of the page. Now, before we go on and we do social media roundup and all of that malarkey, we had a little bit of an email. We did indeed. We had a lovely, encouraging email from Bernadette Hawks at Archers Fan 2015. We got this. We actually received this a few weeks ago and it kind of slipped through the uh, ether, but we found it again. Welcome, Jacqueline. I commend your long service to Dumpty Dum and the French-based Insights. And welcome back, Royfield. I knew you'd return. (laughs) Thank you, Bernadette. (laughs) Thank you, Bernadette. You knew something I didn't know. Now, what has (laughs) our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings-on in the Dumpty Dum Facebook group with our Sandra. Paul Newman seemed to be unsympathetic towards Jazza's concern over income and thought that he was being self-indulgent. Others disagreed, including Lucy Knight. She understands that having financial worries can be overwhelming and all-consuming. Carolyn Cooper remarked that so many are living through this right now. It is correct that the BBC is helping us understand through drama. Claire Asbury was proud of the way that Neil and Jazza corrected Martin Gibson's attempts to cut corners, which would lead to falling standards and loss of custom. Leroy Horsemaster remembered when Gibson did the same at the golf club, and he blamed Kathy for loss of custom in the restaurant. And of course, we never did find out if Gibson ever paid his bar bill. 
Sev Defahi commented that Gibson giving the responsibility of making cuts to Neil would mean that he could say, nothing to do with me, at a poor outcome. It's classic divide and conquer management, he said. Sarah Spilsbury said that Neil would be placed in a corner between deciding to skimp and save or trying to save Hannah and Jazza's jobs. With a spoon snap, asked about unlikable bosses and many of us had stories to tell. The debate rages across the Facebook groups about Denise's higher profile in the storylines. Is it Jacob? Is it Alastair? Annie Teacake thought that Alastair extolling her virtues to Jacob may have reflected the extent of his feelings for her. However, Annie thought that it would be simpler if Alastair and Stella got together, which had been predicted in earlier weeks. There was a discussion about Tom and Natasha's twins. Paul Newman said, There's a surprise, one of each. Janet White thought there must be something in the water in that there. Yeah, all twin births in Ambridge seem to be one of each. Mm. Beth Jennings predicted that Peggy will die before they're born. So one of them will be named after her. Oh, our listeners are a fussy lot. Phil Ratcliffe thought that using secateurs to gather sweet peas was a tad heavy-handed, and a few agreed. I do have to admit that I don't own any snips, so do use whatever is to hand. Our listeners also have a sense of humour. When Sharon Weldon asked, Where is Linda? Chris Murray answered, Ambridge Hall. Well, that's all from me. I'm off to Southampton later for afternoon tea. Bye. Thank you for that, Sandra. And thanks to everyone who's posted their thoughts in the Dum De Dum Facebook group. Now it's that part. It's reviews we had in this week. Quite simply, all you need to do, go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. And by the magic of a chartable.com. Well, we basically get to see them wherever you've actually posted them on planet Earth. So the reviews we had this week, we had two. And the first one is going to be read out by our Wonderful Jacqueline. Thank you, Roy Phil, for this. This is a two-star review mm. entitled a Bring Back Philippa and Quentin. And it's written by MCN44 in Great Britain. Sorry, Royfield. It's good of you to resume your hosting of Dumpty Dum, but I wish P&Q could return. There's too much non-archers chat now and not enough contributions from the listeners. Oh, Roy, we've been, we've been outed. We witter on too much. <laughs> well, the, the, oh, dear. You know, this is partly one of the reasons why I thought we should just read out reviews because you do then have the right of reply. Now, first off, NCN44. <laughs> Call in. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the obvious thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> we actually put on all the calls and emails we get. 
So it's, we don't cut anything. We, out. Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> what? What we do do is the odd tiny bit of judicious editing. So if somebody like fumbles on a word on their call, yeah, we'll edit that out. But actually, if somebody calls in, they're going to get on the show. So, so uh, there's nothing more we can do there. And as for the not non-archers chat, I, I'm sorry you feel that way. And, and maybe we'll we'll take that on board and we'll do better. But as Jacqueline said, if there's not enough contribution from the listeners what you can do is uh, become a quarter in a there you go also can I just say I think if MCN44 carries on listening despite giving us a bad review we're new to this we're a new couple so we've had to have a bit of chit chat because you don't just go straight in for it, do you? You have to have a bit of a have a warm up date or two beforehand. So we'll get better. We'll get better. We we'll stop talking about other things. We will. We've not talked about French politics today, and I've just come hot from a polling session. No, we haven't. So we've, we've, well, it's all right. We'll, we'll leave that for another time. We've kept very much on message, and the message is Ambridge. The last week in Ambridge. Second yeah. review is for. It's called. It's entitled "So Lovely" from Golden Host Farm. And they send us in a five-star review from the United States of America. I am not one who adapts to change quickly, but the two new hosts have won me over. They're such a, a sweet duo. Thank you for all the work that you put into this. It's really appreciated. You are my second favorite podcast, the first being The Archers. So thank you for that, Golden Oh, isn't that Host lovely? Farm. It's funny, I read that as Golden Ghost Farm. I don't know. Anyway, but thank you very much. And we are a very sweet duo. There you are, you see. We're not wittering on. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Two different reviews. <laughs> Absolutely. Two very different reviews. And we have some dum de dum news. And, and basically, it, this kind of just refers back to, to the wonderful dum de dum Hi, Royfield. Hope you're keeping well. I've attached two dum de dums One is Phil Collins, and the other one is inspired by modern classical composer Inaldi which Jim may like. I'm not very techie, so I have recorded on my phone's voice recorder, so the quality of mine is as good as it could be. Take care. Loving the podcast. And that's from Marie Bray. Marie, thank you, thank you for that. And thank you for, as uh, you know, as you said, for sending in the second one, because it means that the next month is going to be covered for Dum Dee Dums. But just because we've got them covered doesn't mean that you, dear listener, can't sing hum get out your banjo get out your organ get all your old piano get out your guitar and bash out a wonderful rendition of the dum dums for us and we'll just save it up for another time to play and now we do have new facebook members that we would like to welcome we had have a new member called wilma rawlinson jenny price liz cook rb ham meg walker shelly albright Leroy Horsemaster and Ian Ramsey. I'm not so sure about that Leroy Horsemaster. Very suspicious changing round of letters, mister. Mm. We're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and an A, so the vis- visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also, try and include at dumtidum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. Now, as well as at dumtidum, we are both on Twitter, but it doesn't take a genius to work out what my Twitter handle is with a made-up name that I have. But Jacqueline, how can people find you on the Twitters? I am at J Berto, but it's got an H in it, B-E-R-T-H-O, Sentgwen, S-T-G-U-E-N. 
And as well as Twitter, we're also on Instagram, where we're at Dumpty Dum. Do follow us there. Where actually, what you can see is that the people who contribute to the show, you see photographs of them whilst they're at the coalface, so to speak, as well as other great bits and pieces. But if we're talking about Twitter, it must be time for Tweet of the Week. Hi, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. With thanks to Ambridge Pony Club for her mention of notable tweets this week. I laughed out loud quite a lot in this week's tweet-along, so there were plenty to choose from. Do keep them coming. My nomination for visual Twitter feed this week goes to Ambridge Analytica, at Archer's Cloud, which posts daily and weekly selections of the most prolific tweeters, Donut of Glory, Battenberg of Fame, daily graphs for the past week, sentiment analysis, geographical maps, and other analytics of the tweet stream, hashtag the archers. Do take a look at that if you're on Twitter. Next to my medal winners, all of which stem from Tom and Natasha's storylines this week. And I have to apologise for the pronunciation of people's surnames. You'll see why that's particularly relevant this week. In bronze position, Stephanie Migot at Miss Migot comments... Nakasha is going to go full goop and start herb-steaming her for JJ, isn't she? In silver, it's Ian Kernow, at Kernow27, with Tom saying, One of each, that's great, one to fatten up and one for breeding. And in gold, it's joint medals for regular contributors <laughs> Stephen Bowden, at Winlock House, and Charlie Notton, at 19CEN, for setting me this challenge. Remember, these are all written down and spelled identically. Stephen says, it's Bowie, you twonk, not Bowie. And Charlie says, I know, there are so many people who pronounce it Bowie when it's clearly meant to be pronounced Bowie. And when I expressed the potential difficulty of reading this out, Stephen helpfully added, oh, give it a go. The first one rhymes with S-O-W, so, and the second one with S-O-W, sow. I think I'm with Neil Wallington, at Dr. Wallington, who said, Bowie, 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 let's call the whole thing off. Well, that's it for this week. See you all at the next Tweet Along. (laughs) Thank you, Purple (laughs) Pumpkin. That was excellent this week. Absolutely excellent. Well, didn't about you, Jacqueline, but I've got a podcast to edit. So if you'd like to do the honours. You have indeed, and I've got a hot bed waiting for me. So thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. And a special shout... Thank you, Mr. Brown. (laughs) And a special (laughs) shout-out goes out before we switch off the lights here to our P&RQ and for being a part of the regeneration of the hosts that go on here, the Good Ship Dum Dum. Thank you. I had a very nice couple of exchange of messages with Quinton this week, so that was nice as well. Thank you, Quinton. There you go, folks. That's been your Dum Dum. Take care, look after yourselves, and we'll see you all again in seven days' time. And bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.